Welcome back, New South Conference. I'm so excited to be back with you again. My name is Jonathan Sixtos, youth pastor and associate minister at Good News Church in the Victoria, Texas area. And we are continuing our series on faithful. We're talking about God and how he's a faithful God, how he is faithful to his word, how he is faithful to a thousand generations. In fact, I'm going to pull up our theme scripture here so we can look at it one more time. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 9 in the New International Version. And it says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He's the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. Amen. Can I get an amen? Can you look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, give that man an amen? Can you look back at your neighbor and say, neighbor, give God an amen? So I'm excited to be with you, and as always, I wish I was with you in person at the beautiful, incomparable Eagle Ridge Retreat Center, but unfortunately, we just had to put that on pause in this time of just where we are as a global society, but as we are the body of Christ, we know that it's important to continue to put the word in our hearts. That's what the psalmist says, am I right? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump right in, but first let's recap what we talked about in our last service together. We talked about how he's real, that God who created the universe also created you. He formed you, and before he even formed you, he knew you, he appointed you, he loved you. You are known and loved by a real God. And today, we're going to start talking about how he is reliable. And if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write that down and say that he is reliable because that's the kind of God that he is. There's an old song I love to sing from back in the 80s, if you can believe it. And it says, that's the kind of God that I serve. He's there when you need him and you can stand upon his word. That's the kind of God that I serve. And we'll actually be spending a little bit of time later on today talking about one of my favorite songs. Maybe it'll be one of your favorite too. But first, as always, let's begin in a word of prayer, shall we? Father God, I thank you for this time that we have to come together to hear your word. Father, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We believe it. We sow it in our hearts. Thank you that you are faithful to your word. It doesn't come back to you void. And the things that we discuss today, God, I pray that we would meditate on them throughout this week, that we would learn what you are saying to us through your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, we're going to dive right in. And I want to draw your attention, if I could, to a scripture in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And I'm reading out of the ESV. Matthew chapter 14. I'm reading out of the ESV. And we're going to start in verse 22. If you can throw up the 22. I'm not double jointed, I don't think. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. And the kind of subheading here in the ESV is that Jesus walks on water. And we're going to look at something incredible here because he is reliable. Amen. So let me go ahead and pull up Matthew 14, 22. Would you follow along with me? Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. 
When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. In verse 31, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So I'm going to drop some theological bombs on you here today, and if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Jesus walked on water. Jesus walked on water. Wow, that's so cool. And you think, we've all been, probably all of us have been swimming before, and you know that people don't just walk on water. When you get in that water, you go down under the water. I remember when my mom was teaching me how to swim and she was like, okay, I'm gonna let you go. And I was thinking in my little brain, my little five, six, seven year old brain, I'm about to drown. She's gonna leave me out here. There's probably sharks in this pool. I don't know. How could you do this to me? People don't walk on water. We have kind of this, this natural reaction where we start freaking out and flopping around and jump on the deck and flop like a fish. And, well, that's a theme song for that sponge commercial guy. But you think about the, the people that we know have this natural reaction where you know when you go underwater, there's no oxygen down there. We need oxygen to breathe. We need oxygen to survive. We talked about last time God creating the whole universe and how he had us in mind. Well, Peter is saying, man, if Jesus did it, I want to do it too. That's so cool. If you've ever seen your friend do something and you're like, I want to try that. Well, Peter saw Jesus do this and he says, man, you know what? I want to try that. And it didn't quite turn out the same. Now, remember, we're talking about today that he is reliable because we're talking about a faithful God, faithful to a thousand generations. And so when Peter walks out there, we wrote down that Jesus walked on water. Peter, we, we often want to say like, oh, well, Peter walks on water too, right? That's not the subtitle here in the Bible. Here's what I want you to write down. Peter walked according to the word. So Jesus walks on water. He's the only one who could walk on water. But how does Peter walk on water? When Peter stepped out of the boat, he wasn't trusting the water. He was trusting the word of God. And that's what I wanted to draw your attention to today. Peter was sinking, not when he got out of the boat. In fact, I'm going to go back, swipe on over to Matthew 14. And verse 28, Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. 
verse 30. Here's where we run into the problem here. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Now yesterday, or whenever you're watching this, maybe it's a week in advance, but we talked about how we see the effects of the wind. We talked about how the hurricane blew into South Texas and people see the trees moving and, and the big, huge storm surge. And we see that as the effect of the wind. So here's what I want you to get today. When Peter got out of the boat, he wasn't concerned with the wind. He walked on the words of Jesus. He trusted in the words of Jesus. He was standing on the word of God. Literally, right? We say, well, I stand on the word of God. Literally, Peter was walking on the words of Jesus because water doesn't hold people up. You sink when you hit the water. So he said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. He, which is Jesus, said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Wow. Isn't this something that sometimes we lose sight of what Jesus has called us to do? Maybe when you were a young kid, you knew in your heart, like, man, I want, I want to have a relationship with God like this pastor or, or this worship leader or this youth pastor or this mentor that I have. Man, I want, to, I want to try that. I want to go and be a missionary because I've seen these people. I want to go and, and serve in men's ministry or women's ministry or, or be this amazing servant. And I want to do that. Man, if God just calls me, I'll go and I'll do that. And here we see in Matthew 14, 29, Jesus says, come. And Peter got out of the boat. See, there's two kinds of people here. People who get out of the boat and people who don't get out of the boat. Because it would be so easy for the disciples in the boat to say, Ha! Look at Peter. He got all wet. Why did he get wet? He got wet because he stepped out in obedience. If he wouldn't have even tried, if he would have just stayed in the safety of the boat, he wouldn't have had to worry about any of that. He could have just said, well, uh, Jesus is already coming, so I'll just wait for Jesus to get here. Which maybe some people out there who are pre-trib rapture people who are saying, it's kind of dangerous out there, so I'm just going to wait for Jesus to get here. That's I think that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> Whereas other people are saying, God, I want to go where you want to send me. Do you want to send me overseas? Do you want to send me into the urban neighborhoods? Do you want to send me where there is the most need? There was, I always mix up my uh, founding fathers of the faith, and I can't remember if it was John Wesley or not who said this, but he said, I would rather set up shop next to the gates of hell like i don't want to be out there where everyone is fine i want to go and find people who need jesus and so we have this mentality of maybe i don't want to get out of the boat because that's uncomfortable i'm not comfortable getting out of the boat jesus why don't you come over here where i'm at where i'm already comfortable see peter was a fisherman he knew what what it was like in a boat he knew what it was like on the sea he'd been through some storms before the boat was his comfort zone. But here's the radical notion that I want you to get. Peter knew something about Jesus. He just couldn't quite put his finger on it. And this defining moment that he had, this encounter with Christ, leads to something else. 
We're going to get there in just a second. But Peter says he is reliable. He says, Lord, if it's you, if it's really you, if you're real, which we know based on the last service, he is real. If you are real, then you can bid me to come out on the water. And when Jesus has come, he came to Jesus. So we have two types of people, the type of people that stay in the boat, don't want to do anything. They just say, I'm saved and I don't want to mess that up. I don't want to lose my salvation unless they're once saved, always saved people, in which case maybe they take a little liberty with their salvation. And they say, I'm just going to sit right here. And when Jesus comes, I will be just fine. Kind of reminds me of the parable of the talents that Jesus told one time. There was a man who went and risked his master's money and doubled it. Another man who went and risked a little bit less money, but still doubled that. And then he came back and there was a man who said, well, I didn't want to mess this up. So I just kind of hung on to it and I hope you're not mad. <laughs> and that's the mentality of the people who don't get out of the boat. They don't want to use their gifts, their talents. They don't want to say, Jesus, call me out. You know how we're saying, take me deeper where my faith is without borders and, and call me out upon the waters and all these things. Right, we sing that, but we're like in the boat, like take me deeper, but I'm just going to stay right here in the boat. Because it doesn't matter how deep the water is when you're in the boat now, does it? It only matters how deep the water is when you're in that water. And with Peter, he says, Lord, if it's you, if you're real, if I can trust you and your word, call me out there. And Jesus says, bet. It's kind of an updated colloquialism. He didn't actually say bet, but he said, come, come here. And when Peter steps out of the boat, he is not standing on the water. He's standing on the word. And when Peter begins to sink, it's not because Jesus didn't call him. When Peter begins to go under the water, it's not because the word of God is no longer true. When Peter is submerged with everything that's going on around him, it's not because Jesus suddenly lost his power. Peter begins to sink because he took his eyes off of what took him there in the first place. Peter becomes more concerned with what he sees around him than the one he knew was calling him. Sometimes we get so preoccupied looking around that we forget to look up. And the Bible says that we need to lift our eyes because our help comes from above. And for those of you who are in the boat, this doesn't even apply to you because you're like, well, I'm never going to do this and I'm never going to do that. And I'm never going to stretch myself or trust God because I, maybe I don't think he's real. Well, you need to wake up. You need to get out of the boat. And some of us, we've gotten out of the boat and we begin to think, oh, man, I'm sinking. Look at everything that's going on around me. I don't know if if I'm supposed to say this on social media, or I'm scared to post now because of what everyone's gonna jump on me, and well, if I post that I'm in favor of this, and people say I'm against that, and if I say I'm against this, then people say I'm in favor of that, and I just, I don't even know what to do, so I'm just gonna be quiet. But then they say, silence is complicity. Guys, you can't win with everybody. You're not gonna please everybody all the time. Here's the thing, Jesus was walking on the water in the middle of a storm. Everyone likes to remember that time when Jesus woke up and he's like, oh yeah, uh, peace be still. And everybody wants that Jesus that's the peace be still Jesus. Nobody wants that Jesus who's like, hey, I'm out here in the storm. Why don't you come join me? That takes a lot more faith. Everybody wants Jesus to come and save them. 
very few people are willing for Jesus to call them and say, God, if you're real, if this desire that you've put in my heart, this, this dream that you've given me, these this longings to honor you and give you praise and, and live my life out in sacrifice to honor what Jesus did for me, if that's you, bid me come. And Jesus says, come. And when Peter stepped out of the boat, he wasn't walking on the water. He was walking on the word. And this leads to something here. I want you to go to another scripture with me. Two chapters over in Matthew chapter 16. Some of you may already kind of know where I'm going with this. Y'all churchy kids, you grew up in church. I see you. I know you. I know you. <laughs> see, Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13. Oh, man. Here it comes. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, hmm, some say John the Baptist, uh, others say Elijah, and others uh, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you say that I am? And you know why he asks them? Because they're the ones who went with him. The disciples that he's talking to, they're the ones who followed him when he said, come and follow me. But who do you say that I am? And all of these people say, well, maybe you're this or maybe you're that. Or this is what people are saying about you. But verse 16 here. Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, remember, back in Matthew 14, right here. Uh, in verse 33, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. And they saw what God did through Jesus for Peter. Now, they weren't a part of it. They weren't a part of that miracle, but they heard about it. And testimonies are powerful. But it's even more powerful for Peter, who has been there, to say in verse 16, Matthew 16, 16, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In verse 18, church, hear me on this. And I tell you, you are Peter. Notice how he addressed him in verse 17, he said, Simon Barjona, his old name, his old personality, his old reputation, the old man. When he confesses Christ, verse 18, I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. Pause for theological etiquette here. He is not saying that Peter was the initial pope and the founder of the church of Jesus Christ, of we, the saints in these latter days. He's saying on this rock, this rock here, Peter being a kind of a metaphorical poetic representation of like Petra and rock solid. It's not based on the man because guess what folks? Rocks sink. Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. What rock is he talking about? He's talking about the revelation of Jesus Christ, that for the church who realizes that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, the Messiah, who gave his life for us, that is what he's going to build his church on. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys 
of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. And I want you to think about this. Peter was sinking because he took his eyes off of Jesus. And maybe you think, man, what's going on in my life, Jesus? I thought you called me. I thought you called my mom. I thought you called my dad. I thought you called my church. So why is this going on? We can't even meet. We're not even singing. My parents aren't together anymore. I don't feel like what I was promised is what I got. God, you gave me the old bait and switch or what? Did I just get catfished here? If it's you and you bid me come, then why am I sinking? But we shouldn't look at, why am I sinking? We should look at, what am I thinking? Where's my focus? What am I looking at? What am I believing in? What am I hoping and trusting in? Because when Jesus walked on the water, he set an example for us. When Peter got out of the boat, he wasn't standing on the water. He was standing on the word. And Jesus recognizes that and says, I can build on this. I can build a church with this kind of faithful people. I can build a mobile force that can go and storm the gates of hell and rescue people. Because here's the point of view that you need to have. People think, if I have Jesus, I'm safe from hell. But listen up, church. Gates don't move. So why do we think that these gates are going to come walking at us and we're going to say, be gone, gates. That's not how this works. Gates are meant to keep people out. Gates are meant to defend against attack. So when Jesus says the gates of hell will not prevail against my church, the people who believe in me, the Christ, the son of the living God, he is saying that we are going to attack the forces of hell, that we are gonna bust open those gates and we're gonna say, you can't have this person. You can't have my mom. You can't have my dad. You can't have my cousin. You can't have my friend. I'm going to win them for the cause of Christ because we're supposed to be mobile. We're not supposed to stay in the boat. And Peter learned that in Matthew 14. And Peter spoke that in Matthew 16. Because all the other disciples, they had heard, oh, well, they say you're this, oh, they say you're that, you know. And somebody subtweeted at you, and somebody made a meme about you, and this talk show was talking about you, and you're some magazine article. But Peter said, I've been with you on the water. You saved me. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's what I want to challenge you with today. See, the things that we often put our trust in are not reliable. School changes. We're not at Eagle Ridge. Some of you aren't allowed to go in person to your church. You're not probably having sports practices right now. The whole world has gone crazy because what we stood on, it's just like water. It flows here and it flows there. Everybody's into cancel culture. Let me dig up some old tweets and we'll see what that person's really like. The opinion of man is shifting sand. And Jesus told a parable about that. A foolish man builds on sand, but a wise man builds on a rock. Peter, his name Petra, meaning rock solid, it's not about who he was. It's about who God is in his life. 
Just like we talked about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he introduces himself via his faithfulness to those generations. Well, Jesus says, anytime people interact with this new guy named Peter, they're going to say, what's so solid about Peter? Peter's going to tell him, I have had an experience with the Christ. And that is what Jesus says, I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm going to build my church on how athletic you are, how pretty you are, how many people like your TikTok videos. He said, I will build my church on something that is unchanging, something that is real and something that is reliable. So the best friends you have now may not always be there for you the rest of your life. The person that you are in love with now may not be here this time next year. They may have moved on. They may have found somebody else. And sad to say many times we think things are going to last forever and they don't. Whether that's relationships you trusted in, whether it's relationships you looked up to, whether it's ministers or churches, we know that the only thing that's going to last forever is the Word of God. It is the ultimate reliability because if you choose to rely on things that just shift back and forth on the water if you choose to look around at everything that's going on around you and you take your eyes off of Jesus that's when you begin to sink but I love that that's where Peter's story does not end the Bible doesn't say Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and he drowned the end it says he cried out Lord save me and Jesus didn't pick him up and say ah you worthless piece of trash what's your problem he said why did you doubt if you said Lord if it's you call me why'd you take your eyes off of me if you were following me what distracted you he didn't discipline Peter he redirected Peter because here's the thing, the people in the boat, they didn't get to Jesus. Peter went and met Jesus. The people in the boat had to wait for Jesus to get to them. Oh, I'll just wait until, you know, the sweet by and by. I don't want to mess this up. But Peter had an even deeper, intimate revelation of who Jesus was because he went there. And some of you who are a little nervous about dreams and visions that God's placed in your heart, you need to trust him. You need to go there. You need to find you a mentor who's going to help you. You need to develop those gifts and talents. You need to read some books. You need to watch some sermons. You need to get in by yourself and pray and talk to God and say, God, I don't know what this is going to look like, but I know that you called me to do it. You need to set aside some time with Jesus, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Because if you don't, all you're going to have to go off of is, well, some people say this and some people they say that. Some people say Jesus is white. Some people say Jesus is gay. Some people say that Jesus is this, that, and the other. But who do you say that he is? Are you going to say what everyone else says? Or are you going to have first-hand knowledge? I know who Jesus is because I've been with Jesus. Because he's called me out on the water. I want to share with you as we kind of draw this to a close the words of one of my favorite songs one of my favorite songs of all time and I really didn't grow up knowing the song and listening to this song and kind of discovered it later in life I say later in life like I'm older than 30 or something but 
I want you to just kind of, if you will, think about the words of this song. And I'm going to pull up the lyrics right here. And I won't sing the whole song, but I, I want to sing a little bit just so you can kind of know the, the impetus of this song, the inspiration, where it comes from. Because we have this story of Peter who relied on things other than Jesus, and he found out that's not going to save me. And thankfully, when he was in need, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus was faithful. He was reliable. He was there because he's rock solid. We've got this symbol of a mountain over here in the corner. And you think, man, those mountains, they've been there forever and they're never going to change. It's the same thing with the word of God. His word has been there forever and it's not going to change. And I want you to think as kind of I walk through these lyrics here, I want you to think and meditate and really look into your heart and ask yourself this question. Who do I say that Jesus is? And for some of you, you're going to reignite that fizzled flame. Man, I remember wanting to do this for God. I remember feeling called to do this in ministry. I remember thinking that my life was going to turn out like this, but because of something that's happened to you or choices you've made or things that were done to you, you think I'm beyond that. I'm past that. I am sinking. Some of you think I'm sunk. But as I go through these lyrics here, I want you to ask in your heart, who do I say that Jesus is? And if you believe right now that you need some help from him, I want you to just say very simply like Peter did, Lord, save me. Lift me up. And the title of this song is called Love Lifted Me. I was sinking deep in sin Far from the peaceful shore Very deeply stained within Sinking to rise no more but the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me now safe am i love lifted me Jesus to step out on the water and when he stepped out of the boat he didn't stand on the water he stood on the word and unfortunately he took his eyes off of Jesus and he began to sink but this song is revelation that Jesus is here to lift us up and then the second verse goes like this all to all my heart 
to him I give, ever to him I'll cling. In his blessed presence live, ever his praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best song. Faithful, loving service to, to Him belongs. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. I'm sure you probably know worship pastor, he can sing it a lot better than I can, but you think about the words of this song and the responsibility that we have. Once Peter knew what he was supposed to do with the knowledge that he had, he was able to stand in front of thousands of people and introduce them to a loving God on the day of Pentecost. And I wanna encourage you to remember what God has called you to do. And for some of you, you haven't had that, that calling yet. And I wanna ask you to seek God and say, God, I trust that you're real. I know that you're reliable. Like a young prophet Samuel said, your servant is listening, Lord. Speak to me. And I know that he's gonna plant a dream inside the heart of each and every one of you who are brave enough and bold enough to ask him to do that because he's real, because he's reliable. And the next time that we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about how he is relevant. But for now, I wanna leave you with a blessing. If you would join me in a word of prayer. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word with these young people or these old people. If they're sharing it with their parents and grandparents, people who know that you have been faithful even to a thousand generations. And God, I pray that you would cover whatever storm is going on in their lives right now. The entire world is shaken to its core because what we relied on has been taken away from us. But God, we know that your word will never pass away. And for those who are too scared to step out of the boat, God, give them a holy boldness to trust you and say, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And for those who have stepped out and maybe they feel like they're sinking, maybe they feel like the wind and the waves around them is too much to bear, very simple prayer, Lord, save us. And we know that you will reach down and pick us back up because you are real and you are reliable. Father, we're so thankful that love lifted us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm excited to be able to be 
ministering the word to you thousands of miles away. I mean, I didn't have to go in the airport and wear my mask and fly over there and do the temperature checks and check my throat and check everything. We're able to just send the word. And that's well, that's another preaching. Don't get me started, okay? <laughs> but I'm excited that we're going to have one more of these in person. And uh, if you are a graduate, if you're kind of getting over the high school hill, maybe at a virtual graduation or a drive-through graduation, I've got a little special snack for you. That's going to be audio only. And I'll have a little bit more information about that in the days to come. But New South Conference, know that you have brothers and sisters all over the country, all over the world, that we love Jesus, the Good Shepherd. And I'm excited to wrap this up with you all next time. If you want to go back and catch any of these services or any of our other services, uh, my services are mainly archived on youtube.com slash gncvictoria. I believe the importance of operating in obedience and under a covering. And if you want to check out our, our main services too, we archive those on facebook.com slash gncvictoria. But I will see you right here again next time. And we're going to continue talking about how he is faithful. God bless you guys.